Hey, it's Clay. Welcome back to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. In this episode, I want to go through some headlines and talk current events, but also just kind of sprinkle in hopefully some encouragement, maybe some information that you're not aware of, although I, I hope you're aware of it, and then some just overall market type atmosphere stuff that's very good. Very good in the sense of people are making more money. Very good in the sense of this is why government just needs to get out of the way and let the marketplace be a free market because when free markets are allowed to be free, it's amazing how things are starting to take care of themselves. And, and, and I'll get to that. But the first thing I wanna point out is, yes, I can sit here and I can talk about how nicely the employment situation is getting, how solid the economy is becoming, and how you know the free markets are taking care of themselves and all that. But no matter how good everything is on that side of the fence, if you cross over the fence with the sorts of mentalities, maybe the sorts of outlooks that apparently some people are being taught, then yeah, you're not gonna do very well. But for the people that are not approaching you know, the other side of the fence, or maybe haven't learned this, or you know, have had good parents in their lives. So I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to you as parents, but if you're also a younger person, I'm certainly talking to you, then you know, you're gonna have a, a huge advantage over some of these people apparently. Now with that all being said, I hope this initial story that I'm kicking off with, it, unfortunately it's real news. I couldn't find anything that implied it was fake news, uh, but, and I hope when I go through it, you're sitting there saying, why am I listening to this, Clay? This is, I know. Could you, be, could you state any more obvious? I hope that's the outlook. But if, if it's not, then hey, just realize that this is actually not how the real world works. So like I said, before we get into all the employment stuff and uh, you know how the, the market is improving and just uh, taking care of itself, let's get to this. And this, um, actually a, a listener of the podcast sent it to me. Uh, so Joel, thank you. Shout out to Joel. I appreciate it. Uh, but he's like, hey, this might be some podcast material. And yeah, boy, oh boy, was Joel right. The title of this, uh, and this is just from a local news, teacher fired for refusing to give students credit for homework not turned in. I'll, I'll, you did not mishear me. Teacher fired for refusing to give students credit for homework not turned in. So the article says, and this is uh, in West Palm Beach, Florida. I hope this is an isolated incident. You know, I, I don't have any kids in school right now, uh, so I, I don't know what the current policies are. But I mean, I knew when I was growing up, this, this was not a policy. But hopefully this is, like I said, very rare situation. But West Palm Beach, Florida. Should students get credit for work not handed in? One Florida teacher said no and took a stand. First off, why she even needs to take a stand is really pathetic in the first place, but it'll make sense as we go through this article more and more. And now she's been fired for that move. So she's been fired for saying, hey, if you don't turn anything in, you don't get any credit. I wish I could say I was making this. Like I said, if you're sitting here saying, that's really stupid, that's kinda why, good, you're on the same page. But if you're sitting there saying, well, what's the big deal? I mean, they, they should at least get some credit for, I mean, at least they're in school. Then all right, well, we we have some uh, we have some screws to tighten and some bolts to, uh, to to tighten for you. Motivation, inspiration. That's what Diana Tirado strives to provide her students as a longtime teacher. Teaching is a calling for me, Tirado told WPTV. So she thought the same when she started teaching eighth grade history 
at Westgate in Port St. Lucie last month. So I want to pause here. And this is, this is really, really pathetic. I mean, shame on this school. I mean, eighth graders. This, I mean, talk about people that are so impressionable. I mean, you are shaping and molding our kids, which is what schools to do, right? Prepare them for the real world. But to think that this is going on at eighth grade, I mean, even if it was going on at high school, that's still extremely pathetic and extreme. I mean, shame on these people, shame on the school district, shame on the, I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Let's keep going on. But then she assigned an Explorer notebook project that many students didn't turn in. It was at this point that Toronto found out about what she says is the school's no zero policy reflected here in the student and parent handbook. So you're not a school. Think about that. No zero policy. You can't give kids a zero. Goodness. You can't give kids a zero. But what if they didn't turn it in and they say, we'll give them a 50. Okay. So if they don't turn anything in, they're still getting credit for it. They're still getting 50. Now I get it. 50 is a failing grade. So I'm that I'm well aware, but think about what that's teaching. They're still getting credit for something that they did not turn in. They did not do. Toronto was terminated on September 14th, but there's no clause mentioned in the letter from the principal since she was still in her probationary period. On her last day, she wrote a message to students on her whiteboard that stated, Mrs. Toronto loves you and wishes you the best in life. I've been fired for refusing to give you a 50% for not handing anything in. And we'll just skip down to uh, the last quote from her. And she says this, and I mean this beautifully stated. I'm so upset because we have a nation of kids that are expecting to get paid and live their life just for showing up. And it's not real. Absolutely. We are, I mean, this school district is totally screwing over these kids. What kind of, what is that teaching them? Well, if I just show up to work, I'm going to get paid. Okay. Yeah, I, that's true in a sense, but you got to actually make an effort, right? You have to contribute. You have, you, there is more to just showing up, but why would these kids, and I don't blame the kids. I mean, I, I, I am very sympathetic towards the kids because I mean, that's what's being taught. That's what this policy is. So, I mean, what, what necessarily is the kid supposed to think that's the, that's one of the big ideas behind kids or behind schools, right? Is to, well, shape and mold kids. But again, putting on my parent hat and I'm definitely talking to myself as parents, this is why I need to parent. This is why you need to parent. I need to make sure my kids know that, you know what? Sure. Joy. Sure. Trip. Sure. Dot. Sure. Faye. Your school may have this policy where you don't have to do anything and you're still getting a partial credit for it. But in the real world, if you don't show up or if you show up and then barely do anything, you're going to get credit. You know what that credit's called? It's called a pink slip. You know what pink slips represent? You being fired from your job. That is not how the real world actually works. And I mean, honestly, I, I would probably pull my kid from the... I, this school. That's that. This is pathetic. This is ruining kids. And I don't know when this started to occur. Maybe I'm just old school. I'm, I'm what, 33, 34. I was born in 1983. So somebody can do the math there. But I know that when I was, you know, in eighth grade, 
in high school, if you didn't turn something in, the the you know in the you know the the notebook the the grade book the teacher drew this thing and this thing I, I think if I remember back from kindergarten it's called a circle or in the world of numbers it's called a zero meaning you didn't do it meaning you didn't turn it in therefore you get nothing for it but apparently in this day and age some schools are saying no we'll, we'll still give them credit. So again, if you're listening to that, just realize that some people that you're going up against in the workforce that you are competing with for jobs that you're competing with, you know, just in life, you know, as long as you don't prescribe to that thought process that some of them unfortunately may have drilled into their head, you have a great advantage on them. And for us as parents, you want to give your kid a leg up in life. I, I really, I mean, talk about making life that much easier for us as parents. I mean, if that's where they're setting the bar, I mean, that bar is basically buried under the ground. I think we should all be able to clear that bar as parents in terms of, you know, building expectations. But assuming we're all on the same page, I mean, the workforce is getting better. The market is doing its thing. And there's really no better way to do this. And this is very, you know, uh, recent news uh, of, as of about a week ago or so. Uh, but Amazon, so from MarketWatch, Amazon's $15 minimum wage could put pressure on other retailers to raise pay. So Amazon has chosen to raise their minimum wage to $15. Keep in mind, the government did not make them do anything. Amazon made them do it. So why would Amazon do that? Well, let's go through some of the points here in this article. Amazon.com's minimum wage increase to $15 could put pressure on other retailers who are already competing for talent in a tight labor market. I've talked about this before, but the word shortage, when you have shortages of stuff, meaning there's not enough, well, how do you get what is actually available? Well, you have to make yourself competitive. And in this situation, the employer has to make themselves competitive. There's not many people out there in the labor market. And of course, those people want good people, right? Hence, why I wanted to start off where I was, because if, if you go into life with a proper mindset of not only do you have to show up, but I actually have to do work, I have to make myself useful, well then there's people like Amazon that are going to want you. So how are they going to try to get you? Well, Amazon, as you can see here, again, nothing that the government did. Amazon, because of the tight labor market, has raised up their minimum wage to $15. Amazon said Monday that it's raising its minimum hourly wage to $15 an hour starting in November, affecting 250,000 full-time, part-time, and temporary workers, as well as seasonal workers. So there we go. Everybody starting to make some more money. When times are good, if you are, you know, make yourself, uh, if you're a halfway decent human being and wanna work hard, well then, hey, there is opportunities for everybody. Amazon's chief executive, Jeff Bezos, said the e-commerce giant listened to its critics in order to come to the decision. So they are, you know, listening to, to people, they are listening to critics, but at the end of the day, they're doing it because they don't have a choice. If they wanna keep growing as a business, they, you know, the CEO, upper management can only do so much. They need people to work for them. And in order to get people to work for them, in order for them to draw in, they are needing to raise pay. So you get it like, well, they're doing it because it's a political statement. No, they're not. They're doing it because they need people. There is a shortage of workers. As the opening part of this article stated, there is a tight labor market. 
and they wanna keep growing as a company. They have shareholders, I am one of their shareholders. So in order to keep growing as a, a company, to keep me, the shareholder, happy, by the way, anybody can become a shareholder, you just gotta you know, invest into their, their company, but they need to keep growing, and again, like I said, in order to grow, you need employees. So, well, Clay, what do you, how do you know that it's not a tight lay, or how do you know that it's not a political statement? How do you, here, let's just go on to the next article, and you can see how all these start to compound on one another. This article comes from CNBC, and it was uh, came out on September, or excuse me, October 12th, so just a, a few days ago as of the recording and release of this. The title, Strong Economy, has a downside for Main Street, meaning kind of uh, you know the, the the Wall Street, the stock investors, all, all that sort of stuff. Fewer workers means higher wages. So when you pay somebody more, that means well you may not be as profitable. So that's how it affects uh, you know more so you know those that are investing in stocks. But here we go. So remember, Amazon is not doing any of this because it's some sort of political statement. None of this has anything to do with politics, other than the fact that. When you let free markets be free, things start to occur because competition. Competition is a very, uh, it's it's a very lucrative business. It forces people. If you're worthwhile as a, as an employee, as somebody that will show up and do work, then people want you. People being companies, and if companies are competing for you, well, they gotta they gotta try to make themselves more attractive than the other person that's competing for you. And that's again what this article is talking about. Fewer workers means higher wages, supply and demand. If there's a shortage of supply, well, sorry, in order to create demand for your job, you're gonna have to start to raise, raise prices. So Rod Dion found his business particular, particularly hit hard during the Great Recession. His Albany, Albany New York-based company sells office furniture and provides interior design services. Not exactly in high demand while the economy was taking a nosedive. Going forward a little bit more, the last thing people needed when they were laying people off was new office furniture, said Dion, owner of Tech Valley Office Interiors. What's more, Dion said, people stopped going to school for interior design at local schools, shrinking his pool of potential job candidates. Nearly a decade later, as the economy kicks back into high gear, driving new business, Dion finds himself with nine employees. For once, my staff is up to snuff and working well, he says, but not without a price. He's had to get much more aggressive in his hiring process, now paying upward of $10,000 more per year per employee. He's also gotten more creative. I help out with student loan debt. I make principal payments on loans of up to $300 a month. People take advantage of it, he says. His mostly Gen Z staff, there are no limits as long as they are a good employee. As long as they are a good employee. I will. I love this, and I, I, it's amazing how you would think that like this is all staged in sequential order, but it's amazing how things just flow so nicely together. I mean, there are no limits, no limits, as long as what? as long as you are a good employee. And back to the schools, school system, especially that one in, down in Florida. Are you really, go, are you making good employees when you have policies like that in place? Think about that, you're not. In fact, you are limiting these kids because according to this person who actually pays out money is a business owner, there are no limits as long as they're a good employee. So schools that have that policy are absolutely doing a disservice to the kids by limiting them. 
because they're not going to be good employees. So therefore, there are limits. Hopefully that makes sense. But that is, that's why I'm getting a little animated because it's so pathetic what some of these schools are doing to the kids. Because here's a guy. Look, there are absolutely, nothing can hold you back. There's no limits. My only request is be a good employee and I'm not going to hold you back. There are no limits. I'll help you with your student loan debt. I'm going to pay you $10,000 more per year as long as you're a good employee. But a good employee, which again, hopefully is so obvious to you, is not one that says, hey, I showed up, therefore that's good enough. As long as you're not like that, there's so much opportunity out there right now. And the article goes on and just talk more so about, you know, people that are, you know, people that hire just need to pay more. So here's another quick example from that same article. Joe Olivio is facing wage pressure as his printing company undergoes an expansion over the next six months. The president of Perfect Communications in Morristown, New Jersey, said he's looking to bring on between four and five new workers. Typically, he pays between $10 and $33 an hour, depending on what shift workers are filled and their skill level, and is looking at raising pay, he said. We are just starting the process and definitely are seeing that we have to increase the wages of our existing personnel, especially on the lower end. We are in New Jersey and the state hasn't passed a proposed $15 an hour minimum wage, but the pressure is there. Amazon is looking to fill thousands of jobs at $15 an hour or higher, and the printing industry is already tough in terms of finding skilled people. The company has already budgeted for a 2% increase for its wage base this year. In addition, he pays 100% of health insurance premiums for employees and has been offering more paid time off and flexibility. So think about that. Sure, there's always, you know, there's always the, the political pressure, right? Of, well, you have to raise the minimum wage. You have to raise, you have to do it. But think about it. They are not, the pressure they are feeling, sure, there's always political pressure. But the, 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 the actual pressure that is making them take action is not, has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with what they're talking about. There's, they, they need workers. There's a tight labor market. So what other, they, they have to raise. So they budget in for a 2% increase in the, you know, base wage. And of course, all those other things, health insurance premiums, not like, oh, they're only giving a 2% raise. No, that's just what the overall budget they are factoring in. So compare, I mean, if you're talking about millions and millions of dollars, 2% on that, that you then, you know, uh, you know, trickle down to everybody, that's going to be much higher than everybody getting a 2% raise. That's not what that's saying. But the point here is just let the market do its thing. If the market has a shortage of employees, then you know what? People have to start to do things like this. Offer insurance, offer help with that, start to raise base pays because there's nothing else that can be done. It is, that's competition. Competition is the name of the game. And then to finalize things here, this article uh, just came out, um, let's see, from, again, CNBC came out on Sunday, October 14th. The title of this article, Why Amazon's Minimum Wage Hike Was Inevitable and Others May Soon Follow in Its Footsteps. All right, Amazon employees who package your order will soon be getting paid more. But will you be paying more because of it? So as us as customers, on November 1st, Amazon expect, is expected to hike its minimum hourly wage of $15. The move will impact 250,000 current employees plus 100,000 seasonal workers. The rate exceeds the federal rate, which has remained at $7.25 an hour for nearly a decade. Previously, Amazon was, so think about that. 
you're a really good worker, right? You, 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 you've been raised right. You've listened to your parent. I mean, you just, you're a good person. You're a good, good employee. Heck, maybe you're 40 years old. I don't know, but you're a good person. You understand that there's more to being a good employee than simply showing up. And there's two people that want you. One person says, hey, you know what? We pay minimum wage, $7.25 an hour. Somebody else says, hey, you know what? We pay you $15 an hour. Odds are, who are you gonna probably go with? That's a rhetorical question. Of course, $15 an hour. So if companies out there wanna keep on just leaving it at $7.25, that's fine with me. Here's the problem though. Good luck finding workers. If other companies start to follow Amazon, which as you'll see, go through the work, see you later. You people that refuse to raise it up, the government doesn't need to do anything to force you. The market, the economy as a whole is gonna make you do it or else you're going bankrupt because you're not gonna be able to hire anybody. And if you don't have anybody to work for you, sorry, a business isn't gonna function. So do you see what I mean? If you just let the market do its thing, like I said, in fact, there shouldn't even be a minimum wage. Think about it. There's no minimum wage. Some people says, hey, I'm gonna pay you 50 cents. No, I'll pay you 15 cents an hour because there's no minimum wage. I can pay you whatever I want. I'm gonna pay you 15 cents an hour. But then there's this other company called Amazon. Well, well, we'll pay you $15 an hour. Who do you think is gonna get all the job applications? Who do you think is going, and maybe, so okay, all the jobs fell up for Amazon. But let's say someone's like, okay, well, let's pay people $13 an hour. Who do you think is gonna get all those job applications? $13 an hour versus 15 cents an hour because there's no minimum wage. Of course, so sure, let people pay whatever they want. But you know what? There's a problem because when companies get competitive like this current market environment, then the companies that wanna be cheapskates and don't wanna pay anything, they're just not gonna get any employees and they're gonna go bankrupt. It's really that simple. The market is a very effective creature. The economy, when you let free markets do its thing, uh, is very fair because if somebody's trying to be unfair by paying somebody 15 cents an hour, but somebody else is paying them 10 bucks an hour, yeah, see you later. That one, bye-bye, the market, bye-bye, no government intervention needed, bye-bye, because nobody's gonna come work for you, you're not gonna get any you know, job applications, see you later. And of course that company doesn't wanna do, 50, what doesn't want that, so what are they gonna do? Well, crap, nobody wants to work for 15 cents an hour, let's try five bucks an hour, well, crap. Nobody wants to work for five bucks an hour. Well, oh, wow, they're going to these companies that pay 10, 13, $15 an hour. Let's try eight. Crap, nobody's even willing to work for eight bucks an hour. Well, I guess we gotta do 12 bucks an hour. And there you go. That's called equilibrium in the market. That's called, you know, the employer, just they, they, gotta, they gotta do what the market states. And right now, and I, I realize 15 cents an hour, but I'm trying to take, you know, extremes to, to prove the point here. But Let's get back here. So yeah, that was kind of my little, I, I personally be there, should be, there shouldn't be a minimum wage to begin with. Just let the market do its thing. I assure you, let people offer whatever they want. And if it's dirt cheap and there's other choices, well, guess what? They're gonna go to those other choices. Previously, Amazon was paying an hourly average of $11 for employees in its fulfillment centers, prompting questions about the move's timing. And you know, all this stuff goes on and you know, at the end of the day, and then we get to this. I talked to a number of retailers constantly and many were already thinking about doing this, Storch said, adding that businesses are being spurred by a high demand for workers amid the tightest labor, labor market in 49 years. 
So people need workers, but there's just not enough of them out there. So let the market do its thing. Even to get workers now, retailers are having to pay more already, he added. In January, Walmart's minimum wage jumped to $11 an hour, up from $9 three years ago. In March, Target raised its wage from $11 to 12 and plans to reach the $15 level by 2020. And Costco hiked its minimum wage to $14 back in June. No government intervention needed, no regulation needed to shove down these companies' throats and say, hey, do that. Just let the market do its thing. Let the market compete. When the market competes, one way it's gonna compete is raise those prices. In fact, brisk economic growth is leading several states and localities to hike wages, according to the a National Employment Law Project report. Six states and 17 cities and counties have minimum wage increases approved that will eventually reach $12 to $15 an hour over the next few years. Storch told CNBC that wages are going up no matter what. The economy is very hot and unemployment is very low. In some jurisdictions, $15 an hour is going to be mandated, and in some, it already is. Now, that's the, that's, nothing needs to be mandated. People will pay because people are going to need to pay because people want to grow businesses, and you can't grow businesses without employees. Uh, let's see, where is this? There we go. So this little section here is, you know, in quotes, need to raise wages. With the sector already struggling, storage cited battered companies like Sears and JCPenney as among a group of rate retailers who are troubled now that could be damaged further by these wage increases. He added, if you have people who are on their backs already who have undergone major cost reductions with layoffs and store closing and cuts all over the place, it's going to be negated by this need to raise wages. In other words, uh, Sears, JCPenney, if you don't follow this stuff, totally understand, they're basically uh, on their deathbed as companies. Uh, Sears uh, either has filed for bankruptcy or they're both, but they're, the companies are, are really struggling. And basically what this is saying is, yeah, sorry, JCPenney, sorry, Sears. You see all these other companies, see how they're raising how much they pay people and you're already struggling? Yeah, have fun raising your wages to try to you know even stay in business. But the market human it's it's a creature and it is it will punish it is punishing jc penny and sears because guess what if i if these people can go work at target or walmart or costco or amazon for more then good on them go work on them for more if they're willing to hire you see you later sears sale see you later jc penny if you're not willing to raise up your pay uh, and but we 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 can't we're struggling well sorry that's just the way the market is you can't pay more your employees have every right. In fact, it benefits them, it benefits their families to go find people that will pay more. And if that means you guys go bankrupt, well, sorry. That's just how the free market works. So yeah, it's amazing how when you just sit back and you watch all this stuff unfold, which is going on right now, and which is why I'm so passionate about this stuff, because if you make yourself worthwhile, if you have a plan, if you have a strategy for your life, for the way you're gonna go about things, there are opportunities everywhere. And your time does not need to be spent on some protest saying, raise the minimum wage. Raise, no, the minimum wages are rising all around us without the government's intervention because as I've talked about, free markets, companies wanna make money, but companies can't make money unless they have employees. And in tight labor markets, if they wanna entice people, they need to raise those prices. So instead of sitting there and, and hoping some politician is gonna bail you out, 
why don't you just make yourself a worthwhile employee, worthwhile person, go hunt out some of these jobs or figure out what jobs pay well and then learn the skills to do that. I've talked about that in past podcasts, uh, you know, off the top of my head, the, the whole uh, mechanic thing, airplane mechanics. And, you know, this is just one example. So don't say, well, I'm not very mechanically inclined. This is one example. But, you know, these kids were going, and they were. They're kids. They're, they're just graduating from high school. They're going. These uh, companies are paying to teach them how to learn the skill of aircraft mechanics. And they're making all sorts of great money. So, you know, at the end of the day, it all, and I want to wrap up with this. I've, I've been talking about minimum wage, minimum wage, minimum wage. If you are focused, if your mindset is just all about minimum wage, you are cutting yourself short. Minimum wage, that's a great spot to start. That's a great spot as a part-time job to keep yourself afloat. But if your basis, if you are striving for simply minimum wage, what kind of credit are you giving yourself? What kind of outlook do you have on life? You are better than that. And I say that not as some sort of rah-rah, but if you're, what, we're at almost at 30 minutes on this thing. If you're still listening to this, then I mean, you, you must be in some sort of agreement with me. You must find this stuff somewhat fascinating. So if you are still with me at this point in time, you are cutting yourself short if you're sitting there just complaining about minimum wage because, well, I want minimum wage. No, you should want a lot more than minimum wage. Screw minimum wage. I don't care what minimum wage is. You should be getting a lot more than that. You should be up over 20, $25 an hour. And you can do it. There's plenty of opportunities. Sure, you may need to learn a skill. Sure, you may have to go through a little blood, sweat, and tears in order to, to get that skill. Maybe go to some night classes if you have a family. Maybe wake up extra early. I'm not sitting here saying it's going to be easy, but there's opportunities out there. So at the end of the day, you know, all this minimum wage talk, I'm kind of, am I, I'm kind of contradicting myself because I spent this whole time talking about minimum wage. That was more so from, uh, you know, I, I made my point, but you, you get it. At the end of the day, aim higher than minimum wage anyways. So that's it. I, I could rant more and more on this, but yeah, so many opportunities out there and the politicians are not your answer. The free market is the answer because as we're, we're witnessing right now, there have been zero regulations. There have been zero government interventions forcing these companies to do what they're doing. They're doing it. Sure, they want to do it and then spin it in a political you know, PR fashion, but the core reason the reason that they actually are doing it is because they don't have any other choice from a business perspective, from a free market perspective. So just let the market do its thing. And it's amazing how uh, you know we're living. We're living in a great real life case study here of how free markets, all of a sudden, wages are going up, minimum wages are going up, and it's truly a beautiful thing. But yeah, at the end of the day, remember, don't settle for minimum wage. You are definitely better than that. You are definitely more capable than that. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I want to just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there. And I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the slab money method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I use to pay off 
$163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.